Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of How to Rock Virtual Engagements. I'm your host, Alistair Davis. And with me today, I have uh, my old acting coach. His name is Grant Swanby. He's an actor, producer, acting coach. And he's been in the acting industry for over 25 years. And he says he can write backwards. <laughs> his, current job, his current job title is, is the academic head of Act Cape Town Film and Acting Academy. And he's also a producer at Haas and Cast. Welcome, Grant. Oh, great to be here, Alistair. Great to be here. Thanks for uh, accepting this, uh, this interview. And um, what, what does write backwards mean? What, what does that mean? It was a weird thing when I was at school. What happened was it actually, it was, it was to do with Leonardo da Vinci. Uh, so when I was a kid, I can remember looking and, and seeing that the great Leonardo da Vinci was able to write backwards. Um, and so when I was at school, I started to develop this skill for no particular reason and writing backwards. And uh, I realized the other day, somebody said to me, you know, can you do, what can you do that's different? So I said, write backwards. And they said, okay, show me. And I thought, well, I haven't done this for years. And I did it. I could just write backwards. So what it is, is um, you know, I can, I can write. And then if you hold it up into a mirror, you can see it the right way around. Um, it's not such a big skill. And I don't know when I'd ever use it. Uh, but hey, you know, me, Leonardo da Vinci, it'd be great if I could, you know, be at least compared to him in one way. <laughs> Okay, that's a nice party trick. I guess. I guess. Does it work when you're drunk? I haven't tried it yet, and also, you know, it depends what kind of party you go to. You know, writing stuff down and that—not <clears throat> really my kind of party. <laughs> so, how long have you been in the? What made you decide to become an actor initially? Well, it's kind of quite a strange story because I, um, I never really thought about becoming an actor when I was at school. I did a few the theater productions and stuff, but not really anything, you know, part of the school. We didn't really, we didn't have drama as a subject. And so I, um, I never really thought about it as something I could do professionally, even, you know, even, or even like as a hobby once I finished school. And then I, strangely enough, went, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I figured I'd probably become a salesman or something because people said, you know, you can talk the hind leg of a donkey. So what happened was I went for an aptitude test and um, it came out that I should be an actor at, or a teacher. And then I thought about becoming a teacher, a school teacher. And I thought, oh, gosh, you know, I'm doing the same thing year after year after year. And the kids get, stay the same age and you just get older. And then this is like 10 or 11 year olds and you're like 60. And you just like, yeah. And then uh, so I decided to, to try the acting thing out. And it was the weirdest, weirdest thing. As soon as I walked through the doors, I, I actually ended up at what is now a um, University of Technology. But I, I mean, I just didn't even know what to do. Um, and, but as soon as I'd walked in there, and as soon as I started to flex my acting muscle, uh, all of a sudden I realized that, yeah, this was exactly where I, where I should be and what I was suited to doing. And then, weirdly enough, uh, as the years have gone by, so I've now combined them. And so now my students stay the same age and I get older. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, you know, I've, I've kind of messed it up for myself. No, it's, it's, it's excellent because now what I've done is I've been able to take what I've learned over the years. I can still act, um, moved into producing and, and, and other areas as well, enjoying, enjoying other things like editing, etc. And then at the same time, I'm being able to now share that knowledge and trying to create more, sort of, you know, really... Um, curriculum and courses that are really suited towards the marketplace rather than the more academic approaches which you get at universities etc okay okay and you told me that your father is the person who 
taught you courage because you are by nature quite anxious. But how does that translate into, you know, being on stage in front of a camera? Because, you know, being on stage or in front of a camera, and nowadays a lot of people have to now look into a webcam or, or do that. How, how, do you, how do you overcome your anxiety, your performance anxiety? Well, it's, it's an interesting thing because um, most people think that because people are in front of a camera all the time that they aren't anxious or they don't suffer from anxiety or they don't feel this kind of scrutiny that a camera gives you or, or a live audience. And so, yeah, I mean, it, I do suffer from anxiety, you know, not terribly that I, that it, it stops me from doing anything, but at the same time, I really feel it. Um, and there are a number of different things that one can do to alleviate it or at least to make it um, manageable. And, and that's pretty much what it's about. It's, it's kind of, if, you know, there are different degrees of, of feeling anxious in front of a camera. And at its, at its most severe, it is completely debilitating and you can't get a word out. And, and it's, that, it's that old stage fright thing that we've all, we've all yeah. heard about or read about. And, and of course, that does happen. Um, if indeed it is so severe that it's really impossible for you to get up and speak, well, then you probably have to go and see a, a professional about it, hypnosis, things like that work, uh, seeing a psych psychologist. You know, those sorts of things really do work to, to, to get to the root cause of, of, of what it is that's really stopping you. Um, but you may find that your anxiety levels are pretty high uh, and you think it might be a little, you know, might be extraordinarily high, but you, but you don't realize that you're probably at the same level as most people. And that's where the level is that, that I'm usually working with, because as I say, it's a misnomer that actors or, or people who stand in front of a camera are completely confident. What it is though, is is this, this kind of idea that we feel um, self-conscious. So we feel that we're being scrutinized. We feel that people are going to laugh at us. We feel that people are going to make, we're going to make a mistake and people are going to judge us. So there are a lot of, um, uh, there are a lot of issues that get, that go back to our, our lives, our childhoods, that sort of thing that we can work on from that perspective, looking at, 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 at how we approach, um, you know, life and, and, and seeing whether it is, you know, whether we're, whether we're in a situation where, where we feel that we're not worthy or that we have low self-esteem or those sorts of, they're all going to play into this idea of anxiety, especially when people are looking back at us or looking at mm, us mm, through a mm. camera. Now, yeah, so, yeah, carry on. No, carry on, carry on. Yeah, so, so you know, so there, there, there are a number of ways of working around it. But what is most important is for you to just kind of, if, if you're in that position, to really think about if it is, if it is for you and if it is for you and if I'm standing in front of a camera and if it's doing a webinar or if it's acting, whether standing in front of a camera is uh, something that you want to do, there are so many different things that you can do to help yourself. Um, and I can get into those in a moment if you want. What's, what's your top, what's your top two? What do you think the top two things are? Like if you think of a professional now, like somebody who's not an actor, what do you think? somebody who hasn't done breathing techniques or, or, or whatever, what could they do to overcome? Um, the most anxiety? important thing. Yeah. The most important thing is don't make it about yourself. That is, and it's, it's, it's obviously easier said than done, but it's, it's absolutely what actors do. Um, if you're in a scene with somebody else, you make it about the other person in the scene, because as soon as you start to think about yourself, that's when the negative unconscious climbs, you know, negative unconscious kicks in. Mm. And that's when you start to become self-aware. And that's when your 
sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system kick in. That's when the adrenaline really gets out of control and that's where you can't think and you start getting lightheaded and you can't remember anything and you just sort of completely fall apart. Um, as soon as you're making it about whatever it is that you're doing, so whether it's about your subject matter or whether it's about the people that you're talking to, that really helps. That is probably the top thing. So other than all the breathing exercises you can do and being prepared, all of that stuff, the most important thing is absolutely make it about what you're talking about and make it about your audience. As soon as it's about the audience, you take the pressure off yourself and you start believing in what you're saying. Mm. And, and, uh, mm. That's very interesting you say that because uh, you're my third guest of my podcast series and the other two guests were saying similar things in diff for different reasons but the 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 common denominator in all three conversations has been making it about the other person make it about your customer make it about the audience make it about stop focusing on yourself and that's a way to to get people involved to reduce the stress levels to to all of that so that's that's very interesting and uh, i think you know a lot of companies pay lip service to this and they say, you know, make it about the customer, make it about the customer. But at the end of the day, a lot of people, uh, especially in sales, they make it about them. You know, it's like, it's all about me. Absolutely. So, and, and you know, the, it, the thing about us as human beings is that we are the, the center of our universe. So it's very easy to make it about ourselves, even when we don't, we don't think we're making it about ourselves because, you know, we're the vehicle that moves around the universe. So it, it really is, is it, it actually takes, takes effort to make it about the other person or, or, or the product or whatever. It, and it's not just something that you, you sort of imagine. You actually have to really believe it and it is about that person. And then it kind of creates this void, which allows, you know, them to come, the camera to come in and fill. Yeah, 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 yeah. And just, just on the camera, like, I, I guess a lot of people have heard the expression, how, how to make love or to make love to a camera. Now, you know, we're, we're talking during the time of coronavirus or COVID-19 and a lot of people are doing, they've, they've had, they have to now do virtual meetings on a Zoom or a WebEx or a this or a that. And they have to, you know, look into this camera and a lot of them might feel self-conscious and nervous or, or, or don't even switch the camera on because they just don't want to look at themselves. How do you, how, what do you say to, to your students? Uh, or what are the secrets to, to make love to a camera? Well, one of the first things is for me is really look at yourself. You know, put a camera on yourself. I mean, we've all got uh, you know, phones that we can, that with reverse cameras. Yeah. Have a look at yourself. This is how you are. You, you know, this is, this is who you are. This is how God made you, if you will. This is what you got to work with. You can, you can change it. You can have plastic surgery or whatever, but this is pretty much who you are. And it's, it's about owning that. And it's about being okay with that because again, it feeds into all of our uh, self-consciousness, our negativity about ourselves. So as soon as we, we've, we've, we've owned who we are, and we kind of go, well, well, that's me. That, that's who I'm going to be for the rest of my life. So again, whether I'm somebody who's just doing it, you know, because of the, the virus and because of the lockdown, or if it's somebody who's, who is an actor, this is who you are. You can't be anybody else but yourself. So you can spend your entire life kind of not being okay with who you are, or you can just take some time to confront yourself, say, hi, this is me. This is who I am get over it. And it seems silly, but once you've kind of got over who you are and stop judging yourself all the time, mm. 
you start to get into a point where, oh, okay, well, that's, that's who I am then. And I'm okay with that. And as soon as you're okay with that, that's the very first step um, to being in front of a camera. The idea of making love to the camera, all of that kind of stuff is also, it's also a bit of a misnomer because it's not, mm. it's not as if we're trying to look good. Um, models, I work with a lot of models and stuff and, and, and help them with their acting. And, and one of the things that they're very good at is this idea of kind of making love to a camera where they are able to, to, to look their best all the time in front of the camera. Mm. And that's great. And they're really good at it. But what happens as soon as they have to go into something a little bit deeper, whether it's something they're talking about or whether it's, um, again, you know, in the acting context, being in a scene or being emotional, all of a sudden the outer, well, it doesn't really make much difference anymore. We don't care what you look like that really. And that's part of the problem. We always think that everybody cares what we look like. People don't. They want to know what you got to say. What have you got to sell? What have you got to share with me? And that's what's important. And then it gets back to, again, content. acting classes with you you'd have these girls who are i'm a model and they were like <laughs> so beautiful but they couldn't they, they just couldn't get to anything else but that it was just vanilla 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 but can you say can you give me chocolate Ugh, no <laughs> absolutely and, and you know a lot a lot of it is 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 something that uh, and it's about it's about you don't want to hide behind who you are because, again, that, that, that's sometimes what, they, what they're doing is they've created this kind of mask that is themselves. It may be a very attractive mask, but it's a mask yep. nevertheless. And, yeah. and, that's, and they're sort of hiding behind it. And, again, it's, it, it, you know, then all of a sudden it lacks the honesty. It, 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 and, and people can't buy into that. P people mirror behavior. They just can't, can't mirror the behavior. They can't buy into what you've got to say because they don't really – they don't believe you because you're not – being honestly you and, and and what happens with them <clears throat> often with those models as soon as they become honestly themselves they sort of freeze up because they're like oh my goodness i haven't actually confronted who i am on the inside which is really yeah. what people actually see they don't that you know after a while you know you you could you could you know you might be in a relationship with someone you might be in a relationship with the most beautiful person in the entire world but after a couple of months or a couple of years you don't really see that anymore you you see yeah. who they are, um, you know, yeah. and, and that's what people want to see. People want to see the true authentic you. So, so in, in the acting world, you know, a performance that pops is one, are you saying that a performance that pops is the one where the actor is the most authentic self, where they, they're portraying their most authentic self. They're not trying to be somebody else. They, they're really being vulnerable. They're being true to the moment and they're just letting all of them shine through in, in this performance. And is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's quite complicated when it comes to acting because of course you're not, you know, you're not portraying yourself, which you would be doing if you were presenting something. So as an actor, what it is, is that you can't, you, you can never be somebody else, obviously, literally. Mm. But what you can do is you can, you can look at what um, they are like, uh, what you're like, what you have in common and what you don't. Uh, but the most important thing is that kind of authenticity. So mm. what happens is from, from a very young age, we read people's behavior. So whether it's body language or, or you know, or, or any other subtle signals that are given off or, or, or overt signals that are given off, we read them completely. We don't even know that we're doing it. But that's, that's, all, that, that's, how we, that's how we programmed. <clears throat> and what happens is we are able then to read 
authenticity. And as soon as a person's not being authentic mm. and mm. they sort mm. of acting, whether, whether they, whether they on, you know, whether they're giving a, a webinar or, or, or whether they're acting, as soon as we feel that idea that they're not being truthful, we switch off and we may even be switching off in a, in a, in a way that we don't even know. We don't even realize we're switching off, but we, our mind starts to drift and we've all had it. And ironically, mm. it's actually not really about us. It's often because the person's not engaging and they're not engaging because they're not being honest. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. I mean, that's engagement. You know, a lot of people are saying to me now that, you know, this, this whole, doing web you know doing zoom meetings or whatever the, the engagement part is is what's difficult how to get an audience a customer a client a colleague a group of colleagues or a group of disparate nationalities to engage with you as a, a subject matter expert or a, a salesperson or a leader and it's it's that engagement how do you get maximum engagement and I think what you're saying is if you are yourself and you are your authentic self, that's when people are going to warm to you. They're going to see you telling the truth and they'll, they'll engage with you. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. If indeed they, they looking at you and you are absolutely honestly telling them what, 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 you know, whether it's, I mean, I say whether you, whether you're selling something or whether you're actually, you know, sharing something, you know, whether you're teaching something, whether you're doing it, whether you're in a meeting, as long as, they realize, you know, that they, they feel that you're being honest and authentic, then they're going to have, then you're going to have buy-in. If you don't, you're never, you're never going to have it. What's really nice is if, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, what, ha what happens is you have different levels of interaction. So you may have something where you're just presenting. Uh, yeah. That's slightly different to if you have interaction. As soon as you have interaction, that, that makes it a whole lot easier. And, yeah. you know, if, if, if you're just someone who's, who's, it's, it's almost a bit like a, like presenting something or giving a lecture. Yeah. That's, that, that's kind of different because you don't have the interaction. I mean, and if you can't see who you're talking to, those sorts of things, you know, that, that, that makes it a little bit, a little bit more difficult because you, you're kind of feeling, oh, I don't know what's out there. It's again, <clears throat> sort of, <clears throat> excuse me, it becomes about this great unknown. But if you are in a situation where you are able to interact with people, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's what I'm understanding is, the best practices and i mean you can take this to your <clears throat> online teaching because i guess you can you're teaching online as well or will be uh, or who knows in five years time maybe 50 percent of what you teach acting will be for, for online um but what they're saying is that every three to five minutes you need to get a, some level of engagement from your audience whether it's a thumbs up a thumbs down a comment a poll writing on the whiteboard doing something that level of engagement has to be there every three to five minutes is the, the gold standard because otherwise you won't have the engagement. People will switch off or they'll fidget. They'll look at their phones. They'll go to the fridge or, or whatever the case might be. Well, exactly. I mean, it, it's absolutely that it's, it's really about feedback. It's, it, you know, it's literally about an engagement. So it's actually about a conversation. And as soon as it becomes one-sided, um, yeah. people are going to, are going to want to switch off. I have an acronym when I, I teach, I teach a lot of facilitation. Um, and, and I, I have an acronym called love, which is listen, observe, validate, and enthuse. And it's very much about uh, the key things for me is, is that feedback are, I must listen to what the person's saying or, or who, whoever's in the meeting with me, whoever I'm teaching uh, or facilitating something with, because 
when, when I start off by, when I start listening to them, then I understand what they know. I, I can then gear what I'm saying to what they need to know. Obviously I have to be an, a subject expert or at least I have to know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. But bearing in mind that I, you know, that I hopefully would be, um, you know, as soon as I'm listening, I get that in a live situation. And if you can see people on your screen, observing, observing their body language, do they look engaged? Are yep. they starting to switch off? You know, literally are they looking at their phones, but you can see whether people are, 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 are starting to switch off, whether they're not listening. And then, and then what you can do is you start to turn it around. You start to engage them a bit more. Yeah. And, and, and part of that then goes on to the second part of the, the VE part, which is the, the validate make people feel like they're a part of it. And that's yeah. one of the most important people really want to be liked. They want to feel like they're engaged. They want to feel like they're being heard. They really want to feel like they're part of something and mm. not being spoken at. Yeah. And then, and then the last one that, that I really work with is enthuse. Um, and um, you know, one can also call it excite is really to make somebody really feel that they've gained something that they mm. walked away from what they're watching or, or walked away from the facilitation or walked away from the lecture or walked away from the, um, you know, the, the teaching class or whatever it is with a whole lot of stuff. And they feel empowered to then move yeah. on and actually share whatever they've learned. And they, they feel like they can own it. Okay. So it's listen, observe, validate, validate and enthuse. enthuse. Love. Love it. <laughs> Here we go. It was, it was you know, it, it came up. Um, I work a lot in, um, well, not, you know, on and off. One of my, my sort of pastimes is, is, or hobbies is, is sustainability and working in, in areas of uh, various areas of sustainability, permaculture and yeah. natural building, those sorts of things. And a lot of time I'll, I'll be teaching um, people to facilitate. So we're sort of training the trainer type, tra type, type work. And a lot of the people that, get, that, are, that are involved in that kind of sector are often very shy. They're, you know, they're, they're more at home in a garden or, or more at home making a, making a building out of clay where they don't have to speak to people. And mm. there they've, they've got all this information, but they just have no idea about how to get it across. And, and so it, 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 it involved from that because it, it is really about love. It, it, you must love what you do and you must love being able to share what you know. Uh, because that move, that speaks to that authenticity again and the truthfulness. As soon as I'm, I'm faking it and I'm, I'm kind of like trying to get you to that old school, got to get you to buy it, you got to buy it, man, you got to buy this thing. Immediately, you know, that's so old fashioned. I'm immediately going to be like, yeah, but I've seen that, I've heard that, I've, I've, I know that and I'm walking away right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, heard, I don't know where I heard it recently, but uh, somebody said, Tom Hanks is always Tom Hanks. You know, there's, if you think about it, he is the quintessential all-American boy, but he, he just is himself. And he's, it's Tom Hanks playing another version of Tom Hanks, but it's just Tom Hanks all the time. And it comes across so well. <laughs> yeah. And, and he, he also says, I read an interview, that he, he can't play a bad guy because he doesn't look scary. And he knows that he can't play the bad guy. So he's, he's just authentically himself being himself and that 
comes across so well on on the screen and the way that he communicates. I I would so totally love to see him play a bad guy. I think he would make the most incredible. <laughs> bad guy. Not often you find with those with those actors. Uh, you know, it's, it's quite an interesting thing because in my acting classes with uh, my students, I talk about it a lot. They're always, you know, so you get some actors that transform. You get your Christian Bale's, people like a Tom Hardy, you know, the old, yeah. the Robert, Robert De Niro. The, those kind of people you always, man, they just like look different. They lose weight. They gain weight. They put prosthetics on, they create walks and all kinds of weird things that people do and they transform completely. And then you get someone like, say, Jennifer Aniston, for example, who (laughs) she's just Jennifer Aniston, but doesn't make her less likable or less watchable in, in, you know, in many ways. And and I think it's, you know, as, as actors, it's just, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a big thing because, you know, sometimes like with Tom Hanks, the audience probably also doesn't want to see him as a bad guy. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot to do with marketability. You know, there's the, the whole business side of acting is like it, but oh, I would love to see Tom Hanks playing a serial killer. Yeah, he would be, he would be awesome. I think if he had like a little mustache and uh, like a, like a trilby hat or something, Absolutely. maybe a glass he, eye. <laughs> but just as he is you know he he can get that little that look in his eye where you kind of you know you think he's thinking one thing and then of course you know he's you know murdered your whole family yeah he could he could get a bit of forest gump coming through there like this crazy (laughs) like autistic killer well, you know, that's, you know, that's the thing that's, that's quite interesting about Tom Hanks because, you know, he is exactly somebody who, who, yeah, on the surface is just being Tom Hanks. But if you think of all the different characters he's played, all the different films he's been in, they, you know, from those early romantic comedies with, uh, wasn't it, Meg Ryan. Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah, that kind of thing. All the way through. To, I mean, Forrest Gump is incredible. That, that character is so well thought through. And I hadn't seen it in many years and I watched it again and I was, Wow, this is this is incredible, and you know he's he's, he's from Castaway and yeah other it was what was that um, there was oh, there was one where he was in the airport uh, yes you know, just so many different films and you know when when you actually think of them individually you you, you sort of really realise wow this guy's actually quite diverse in his characterisation yeah 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 um talk to me a little bit about changing your state so let's say you know, you are, um, you, you feeling a certain way and you'd like to become more peaceful, more angry, more, uh, whatever the case, whatever the case might be. And, uh, I know, you know, I think you, you, you told me once about the Alba breathing technique or other techniques that actors do to change the state. And I'm, I'm just thinking, bringing this back to uh, a business or a corporate setting you know how how easy is it for people in general to change their states to become more energetic to become sad to become angry to become happy or or whatever what 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 can you do well you know as as trained actors obviously have spent a lot of time honing their craft so they've taken whatever techniques that that that, that exist and actually really work them um for, for you know anybody who's who's out there doing who who wants to be able to to begin to look at it again, the most important thing about uh, when, when it comes from an acting point of view is, is, is again, understanding yourself. It really is about how do I function? Who, who am I? Cause you know, everything is bespoke. Nothing is, you know, you, you get ways we were talking about something like elbow breathing. I can talk about it in a moment, but you, you get different ways of doing this method acting. There's all these kind of different ways of, of, of finding uh, emotion inside of you, et cetera. But, 
you can't access that unless you really understand how it is that you got to the point that you're at at the moment. A lot of people have, have, have things that happened to them in their childhood, perhaps trauma, uh, perhaps they were teased, perhaps their parents were divorced, perhaps somebody died. All these kind of things will affect, or, or, or just maybe they, they grew up as a, an only child or you know, had, had parents who fought or alcoholic, all these kinds of things, religion, all these kind of things play a play a role. And what happens is it, it really, um, you know, not only from an acting perspective, but from a self-improvement perspective and, and perspective and from uh, an area where uh, we are able to, to be the best selves that we can be in, in whatever we're doing. If we're able to look at how we got to where we are today and look at the way we think, what makes me think that way? What are my triggers? What makes me angry? What makes me sad? What makes me happy? And if we start to look at those sorts of things, we start to really, in a way, kind of deconstruct our behavior. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of people, gen, you know, do it in, in real life. Obviously, uh, as, I, as I was saying earlier, you know, it's, it's pretty much the actors, you know, it's their handbook. That, that's where they go to. But the fact is, is as human beings, uh, as, as just general human beings, we're able to kind of look at, why did I get cross at that moment? What, what, what did that trigger in me? And why am I feeling that way? And then it allows us to begin to realize that we are different. We're the same. We're human beings. But we're all individuals and we all have different things and different ways of thinking and different, different ways of expressing. And mm. part of that is what triggers our emotions? What is it? Um, there's a whole approach of uh, probably most people have heard of the method actor and they, they really think of it purely as like, you know, somebody who just kind of totally involves themselves in a situation. I'm going to play a mechanic. So I go and, you know, work at a, at a mechanic fixing cars for six months or whatever. And it's not necessarily just that, that, that is an aspect of, you know, immersing yourself in it as an aspect, but the other is, is very much about going into yourself. Um, and, and there are various uh, exercises and stuff that method actors practice and use, but it's very much going into yourself and reliving your emotional states or, or your, it, it's involved in two separate areas. The one is sense memory and the other is uh, emotional if, or affective memory. And, and in terms of sense memory, like, what does it feel like to be hot? What does it feel like to be cold? What does it feel like to, what, what is it, what is this, it, it like to smell a cup of mm. coffee for you? Mm-hmm. And if I'm really able to, to smell that coffee, then it's authentic. You see, getting back to the authenticity again, then it really is, or am I just acting that I'm smelling that? Am I acting that I'm hot? Am I acting that I'm cold? And then it develops into emotion. Um, you know, w- w- am I feeling, what am I feeling right now? And if I start to get angry, taking a moment going, okay, this is what it feels like to be angry. This is what mm-hmm. it feels like to be sad, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then of course people build, build on that for, uh, you know, for our application right now, being able to be in tune with yourself allows you to then also self-regulate. So you might not be feeling like doing a webinar or, or, or an online teaching, whatever, mm. uh, or, or even a meeting. You just might, oh, it's like, I really don't feel like it today. You know, other than the fact what we were speaking about in the beginning about being anxious and nerves and stuff. Yeah. Generally, like, oh, I just really don't feel like doing this. And if I don't feel like doing this, again, I'm going to make the other people not feel like doing it. Yeah. So as soon as I'm up there not feeling like being here, they are going to be like, well, he doesn't feel like being there. And I certainly don't feel like being here now because, because he doesn't feel like being there again because of this mirroring thing. Yeah. So one of the ways to do it is to, is to just self-reflect. How do I feel now? All right. And then talk to yourself. 
it, it's, it's been proven over and over and over again. And we see it all the time. We see it in meditation. We see it in prayer. We see it in self-affirmation. We see it in all these, these different aspects of, 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 being able, of, of allowing ourselves to shift through a vocalization or, or through meditation. So you just need to say to yourself, come on, man, this is going to be great. You know, G yourself up. This is going to be good. I know what I'm doing. I've really, this is amazing. I'm going to be able to really share something important mm. and, and start to get yourself in, jump around a bit, get yourself a little bit excited before you go. And what you'll feel is you, you know, once you, you, you under, you, you've self-reflected and you've, you've, you've got a feeling of, okay, so this is what it feels like to be excited. You're able to start to bring on those sorts of feelings. And then once you've started to bring it on, you see that it starts to take over. And then once mm. it starts to take over, you start believing it. And if you start believing it, they're going to start believing it. And it's, you know, it's a bit Tim Robbins, um, you know, that, that, that yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I can do this. This is sort of the old motiva- motivational speaker kind of vibe. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. very much, you know, but it, it's true. It's very much, you get yourself into the right headspace for the moment that you need to be in. And all of a sudden it starts to gain a life of itself. You know, your, you, you, you know, you know, your subject matter, you're engaging on it. You're, you're using the, the love acronym, you, you know, you're, you're, in your words, making love to the camera, or you're at least engaging honestly with the camera and with the people that are, that are watching. And all of a sudden, you forget that you're actually in front of a camera. You start to become part of it. You start to become part of the message. And all of a sudden, you go, wow, this is not as hard as I thought it was. Mm, 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 mm. Do you think that if you in the context of a, a a webcam or whatever do you think the performance you know, does does it need to be a bit larger than life in other words what i'm asking is stage actors have to be quite dramatic in the way that they sound and move because the 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 movement needs to communicate to the whole auditorium right so somebody way back in the stands needs to see anger, sadness, all of those emotions. So they have to be larger. Whereas uh, if you take cinema, cinema acting or TV acting, sometimes the camera's right close up and you have to be minimal because you can't be so, so, so large. Do you think, and this is a sort of a philosophical question, I don't know if anybody's thought this, but if you look into say a webcam or a laptop, what size of performance do you need for your message to get through to the other people? Because you've got a camera that a is not, may not actually be that good. And most of them aren't that good. So you can't see that much. Uh, and also the lighting might be bad. Uh, the focus might be bad. The, the actual lens of the laptop is like catching the bottom of your nose. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, they really aren't the most flattering cameras. Yeah. 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 So, so the question is size of performance, size of performance for a webcam. Uh, you know, I've heard some, some views, but I'd like to hear yours. Um, I know you've not heard this question before, but maybe something to think about. Well, you know, put it this way. I mean, I, I, it, 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 it's, it's kind of, part of the package of, 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 of the stuff that, that, I, that I teach when it comes to acting, the, the, the calibration for camera or calibration yep. of size yep. of performance. Yep. When it comes to being on, on, a, on, a, on a webcam situation um, in, in a business sense or in any kind of teaching or facilitation environment, it's, it's in my opinion, not as important. What is important though, 
is again the truthfulness of what you're doing so if you're kind of jumping around and acting so if your size is very big you're probably going to find that you're not actually being honest about it that you're actually acting you're going hey look and if you go there then that's going to be like that and it, all of a sudden everything just becomes a bit fake because it's too big yeah. so with regard to the calibration i think if you go for the honesty part your, your size will, will automatically reach the, 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 the optimal size for, the, you know, for, for working on, on, on computer or for, for people watching on computer. I, I really think that it, it, again, goes just to do with that authenticity of, 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 of what you're saying. Also, you know, again, it was just uh, something that you mentioned earlier, got me back to that whole idea of, of, of being enthusiastic, being fun, being being energetic now, now not being sort of bouncing off the walls, crazy energetic, yeah. but it's again, being ex enthusiastic, enthusing other people. I think that's the, that's the major key because you, you don't want, as I say, you don't want to be like this, this crazy nutter who's jumping around because it might be entertaining for a few minutes, but then people get distracted by all of that and they're not listening to what you're saying. Mm. But if you really are enthusiastic about what you're saying, so, so shift yourself into the, the enthusiastic perspective, point of view but don't jump around too much really mm -hmm. keep it focused on what you're saying and i think that you'll be the right size i've, I've noticed that it's, it's it's when people are lacking the authenticity that they tend to hide behind performance and you know again we don't get buy-in from who's ever watching mm -mm -mm -mm. okay that's a good point so i'm conscious of time i said i'd keep you 45 minutes we're on 45 minutes now but i want to ask you your top three performance top three tips that you would give a, a, a business person for uh, a webcam performance, whatever it is, what, what were the top three things that you would recommend to somebody who is a business person and they are afraid of their webcam or they don't know how to use it or they don't know how to make it a good performance into it? Well, you know, I've, I've, I've broached most of them. I mean, the first one would be breathe. Because what happens is that as soon as you um, start to get nervous, your breathing starts to become shallower and shallower and shallower. You start to hyperventilate and you yep. start to not be able to think. So deep breathing, breathe into your stomachs. The second, be authentic. Honestly believe what you're talking about. Really communicate what you're talking about with other people as a subject expert. And the third one, be enthusiastic, be fun, allow people to really want to engage with you. And hopefully that will that'll make you a, a more effective uh, webcam host. <laughs> a professional webcam host. A but professional you know, webcam host. The, the thing is like, you know, I, I'd give you, Thanks for that. Uh, I did a, a keynote address to 400 people virtually. Uh, I, I went to Sweden two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and I was supposed to address people in an auditorium in Sweden. And then they said, no, we're doing the whole thing virtual. Come to Denmark and you can deliver it into a webcam in Denmark. Wow. And so that was interesting. So I basically had to do this keynote address. It was 45 minutes into a webcam. Gee whiz, that's, and, that must be incredible. Yeah, but, but, but that's the thing, you know, this is where what's going to happen is people are going to go, well, actually, we need these speakers. We need to do our conferences. Um, we need to do a virtual keynote address. Can you do it? Yeah, <laughs> sure. That's great, yeah. Hey, I've just thought of something. Can I throw something in? I, I, yes. It's just something yeah. that, 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 I've, that I've thought about now is, and it's something that you, you've just mentioned, um, size of your audience. If indeed you have a couple of people 
I think, and I haven't really thought this through, but what would be prudent is checking the size of your shot. So what happens is on, um, you know, with, with filming, we have different size. You, you have your, your mid shot, which is of course the mid from, from your sort of belly button up. Then you have yeah. a medium close up, which is sort of just under your breastbone then close up, which is yeah. head and shoulders and then extreme close up. Um, I believe that the more people you're speaking to, the wider you should go. So if you're speaking, so I mean, I wouldn't go an extreme close up where you're sort of cutting off the top of the head and the chin, of course. But if you're going into a regular shoulders and up, when you're when you're when you're talking to to an, a group of maybe up to about 20, 15, 10. Mm. But if you are going to do something that's going to be broadcast or something that's going to go into like a you know like an auditorium or if they're going to be a hundred people or whatever, and you really need to explain something, sometimes it's bigger to give them a bit more. You see it a lot in TED talks and stuff like mm. that, where they they generally go a little bit wider because it mm. allows for scale and it also makes you know. It, 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 it allows for, for a kind of expansive approach and a less intimate approach. But if you've got less people, you want to be more intimate and then that will also just speak to that size. I haven't really thought it through. It's something that I, I'll obviously be thinking through now. Oh, no, no, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> no, no, no. Cool. That's, a, that's actually a good point. That's actually a good point. But uh, thanks very much, Grant. Is there anything else you can think of? Anything else you want to say? Oh, no, just, you know, have fun, believe in yourself. Um, and also the other thing, the more you do it, the easier it will become. Don't worry yep. what you look like. Nobody really cares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Thanks, Grant. Thanks a lot for your time. Uh, thank you. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll chat soon. I'm going to stop the recording and then uh, we'll talk afterwards. Cool.